Folks, we are back after some unscheduled yet mandatory time off because even we, as mighty and handsome as we are, sometimes succumb to an airborne virus that has evolved to spread with furious and unrelenting power. And we'll chat a bit about the experience that Elliot had and what we all did on our big COVID vacation at the end of the episode. But we missed out on a hell of a lot of news while we were gone last week, and we can only assume that you missed out on it too, because we are clearly your only news source. Trust me, I, I was operating at maybe 10% power, mm -hmm. only able to use my scrolling finger, and it was killing me that so many things I was looking at, I was like, oh, this is gonna be great to talk about. Wait, fuck. I was merely wandering the streets of LA, ye yelling headlines. Anyone whoever need was some news? <laughs> extra, extra. Do you guys see what Trump said? <laughs> uh. <laughs> So, uh, yes, this episode, it might be a little disorderly and we might not dive as deeply into certain things as much as normal, but we, we just have to blow off a little dust, okay? And before you know it, the show will be back to normal, so let's not waste any more time and just dive into some of the bigger stories that played out over the last 10 days or so. And look, we very rarely ask for this up front, but if you could go ahead and give this video a like at some point during the whole thing, we would really appreciate it since, you know, time off equals falling out of YouTube's algorithm. Yeah, some of you were assuming I'm dead. The algorithm is assuming this channel is dead. Yes, <laughs> to be clear. So we need to give it a nice kick in the pants. We're both alive. Set it back on its way. And so is the channel, so please engage with the content to help us out. Now, the show will start. So obviously, yeah, uh, you take one, one week off. There's a lot of news regarding Musk, Twitter, Trump, the Republican presidential race, Swifties taking over the NFL, uh, Dianne Feinstein fucking dying. Yeah. R.I.P. And of course, Wild Hogs. Mm -hmm. They all made an appearance. But there's a few stories that we want to at least touch on before we get into those. So let's start with the fact that a New Jersey senator has been indicted and charged with the most stereotypical New Jersey crimes possible. Corruption. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what was he stealing the gabagoo? Uh, Democratic yeah. Senator Bob Menendez. So not a Republican, not Italian. So some surprises here. Yeah, uh, it's, but, it's, it's the New Jersey that uh, really brings this all together. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's Italian coded. Doesn't matter where you come from <laughs> when you're here, your family. Exactly. And by family, I mean like La Cosa Nostra. The family. Uh, so yeah, Bob Menendez was accused of accepting lavish gifts, cash, and apparently literal gold bars. Come on. <laughs> In exchange for helping Egypt get favorable treatment from the United States by way of Menendez's position on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Uh, according to The Guardian, Menendez also used his power and influence, according to the indictment, to secure and maintain a lucrative contract with Egypt for a business associate. Closer to home, Menendez allegedly attempted to disrupt a New Jersey criminal prosecution on behalf of another businessman friend. Menendez, 69, has pleaded not guilty to conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, and conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. And this wasn't even the first time that Menendez had been charged with these types of schemes. In 2015, he was charged in connection with a bribery scheme after allegedly accepting gifts from a businessman friend in exchange for intervening in a dispute with the government of the Dominican Republic. What? <laughs> that case went to court in 2017, but ended in a mistrial after the jury was deadlocked. Obviously, members of his own party demanded that he resign from his position, to which he replied, nah, and then claimed it was racist to ask him to step down. I mean, yeah, kind of racist to yeah. ask, did you look at my name? It's Bob Menendez. Yes. Uh, he, he said, 
It is not lost on me how quickly some are rushing to judge a Latino and push him out of his seat. I am not going anywhere. Fuck you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he also claimed that he'd been hoarding that cash for decades because his family was from Cuba. This is the, funniest... the government is going to come in and take this money at any point in time. This is the funniest fucking... They're going to drain I, my I bank I feel account. like I've seen this exact excuse used before. It's the most, like, just cynical use of, like, you know, I'm from the old country. We do things a little differently. We, we stuff our mattresses and yeah. jackets with cash and gold bars. This like... makes sense if you're, like, 90 years old and you lived through the Great Depression. And you're hoarding, like, $1,000. Yeah. Anyway, here's a clip. Yeah. For 30 years, I have withdrawn thousands of dollars in cash from my personal savings account, which I have kept for emergencies and because of the history of my family facing confiscation in Cuba. Now, this may seem old-fashioned. Also, uh, I always fun to point out, every fucking, I, I believe every prominent uh, Cuban-American in Congress, uh, their family left Cuba uh, during the Batista regime before uh, Fidel Castro was a glimmer in anyone's eyes. And yet they all talk about it in this vague way that yeah. kind of alludes to like, oh, we escaped Castro, but like none of them fucking did. No. It's always very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is at least somewhat funny that a politician from New Jersey was literally stuffing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cash and literal gold around <laughs> his house and in his jacket pockets, all while openly discussing these crimes over text messages and emails between him and his wife, where you gotta use some code words, but- <laughs> they, they use no code words. No. Nope. So yeah, everything that people have learned about doing crime seems to be lifted straight from uh, movies and TV. Yeah. And as for the fallout, his trial is set for next year. But in the meantime, at the very least, he has been removed from his position on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And his daughter, Alicia Menendez, who works as an on-air host for MSNBC, uh, basically had to recuse herself from any coverage of the topic, but insisted that her colleagues would aggressively cover the story. Mm -hmm. uh, his trial has been set for May 6th of next year. So, yeah, something to look for. Also, the, you know, we love hypocrisy, folks. But, yeah, pretty much... It did take a moment. Uh, the Fetterman had to come out and be like, no, he needs to fucking quit. Yeah. Everyone else was kind of dilly-dallying, but they it seems like the majority of the Democratic Party has come around. But um, Also, yeah. he, sh he finally showed up in a suit and shaved his mustache uh, just to prove everyone that he He looked cool in that stash. He I kept know. It. What the hell? But yeah, the Republicans are like really mad that Democrats have standards. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, they specifically did not call for this resignation because it would make them look bad for any past and future uh, issues that they will inevitably run into. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting. Some of them were even defending him. They're like, yeah. well, if, if that's enough to get you arrested, I mean, <laughs> here, put the cuffs they on could me. come for any of us. <laughs> Like, okay, uh, yeah. hello, FBI, maybe uh, there, that guy. Yeah, well, uh, next on the list of things that we missed, and we're going to keep this brief because it's already ancient news by internet standards, but we have to at least mention the fact that people kept posting images of meals and groceries <laughs> and just misrepresenting the cost of what is shown as an example of inflation gone I'm wild. I'm so tired of this. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, obviously these people then get called out for blatantly lying about what their Before orders consist of. Before we get into of. this, I just want to say, if you're struggling, go to a fucking Korean supermarket. If you live in a, a real state of this country, H-Mart, you probably got one if you live in an urban center, but any Asian market, Shit's yeah. going to be cheap as fuck. Yeah, and this is not to say that inflation isn't real or that it's not hitting average folks in their pocketbooks, but the people that go out of their way to post photos 
of uh, inflation gone wild with their like the grocery lists and then saying how much it costs, but clearly leaving off uh, certain things that are definitely optional. Some recurring, uh, one recurring thing is uh, they pretty much always have a plastic container of pre-cut fruit. <laughs> yeah. Because cutting fruit is very difficult. Yeah, and then like uh, just the, the best quality like pre-ground coffee. Uh, a fun and... game that I've seen a lot of people playing is um, can you cook a complete meal with any of these ingredients? Yeah, likely and not. Almost never. I saw one where someone had 20 bottles of honey. Yeah. What's going on? There was one with like just cartons, you problem. cartons of eggs stacked. Go to Costco. How you big can, is that family? Go to Costco. You can get like 60 eggs. It's too many eggs for me. But yeah. if that's how many eggs you need... There you go. You know where to go. Uh, but the most notable example of this recently was a viral tweet from New York Times columnist David Brooks, who posted a photo of his meal at the Newark airport, a hamburger and fries, with the following <laughs> caption. This meal just cost me $78 at Newark airport. This is why Americans think the economy is terrible. And look, the post was widely mocked for not only being insanely inaccurate and misleading, but also because the guy willingly posted proof that he removes all of the vegetables from his burger before eating it, like a fucking eight-year-old child. Yeah, I do want to say sometimes they use, like, the wrong kind of lettuce. Like, if they're putting, like, fancy, like, arugula, I'm not eating that. Yeah, no, but get that shit out of there. If you're at the airport and this is the only sustenance that you're going to be getting worthwhile in the next yeah. four to eight hours, you, I'll eat whatever vegetable is there. I don't have this problem because I fly out of Burbank and the only food available is uh, Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri, yep. And he doesn't put any of that fancy shit on his food. Nope, he puts donkey sauce on it. <laughs> That's right. It's delicious. <laughs> I do uh, love And this is... The David Brooks thing is like an extension of like a previous thing where people would just go to the airport and take a picture of like the McDonald's menu and be like, oh, the West has fallen. And it's like, okay, the fact that you were... You, you didn't include the fact that you were at an airport, yeah. which is pretty crucial here because everything's way more expensive at the fucking airport. Yes. Come on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, $78 for a burger and fries. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. But the real issue um, was the fact that a vast majority of that meal's $78 price tag came from copious amounts of booze that he ordered alongside his burger and fries. Or maybe just that one glass. I mean, I imagine his receipt looked a lot like some of the expense reports that I used to submit on our press trips, where yeah. it's like, I had a you know $75 per diem, and uh, I got a burger and fries and a glass of Johnny Walker Blue. I will and, take the- Oh my gosh. <laughs> the non-itemized receipt, please. <laughs> yeah. They did eventually start asking us for itemized receipts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I got all of my drinking done when it was on someone else's dime. Yeah, that was a smart move. Uh -huh. Anyway, airport dining is it's typically overpriced, and it's obvious to anyone that inflation is real and affects the day-to-day -day purchasing habits of people. But to willingly post a photo where a tall glass of bourbon next to a, is next to a meal and not factor that into the price at all, that's ridiculous. And he was justifiably mocked for it by everyone including the restaurant itself. It was, it was a real bipartisan mockery. Mm -hmm. Even the restaurant that he dined at got in on the fun by advertising the David Brooks meal. <laughs> You've had the, the Travis Scott meal. Yeah. You've had the, the Barbie meal. What, what's was the, the GeoGuessr guy? The, the Rain Lord? Rain, uh, Rain Bolt? Yeah. <laughs> the, you've well, had the bagel. Welcome to the David Brooks meal. Yeah. It's going to cost you. Mm -hmm. In a post to their official Facebook page, the 1911 Smokehouse Barbecue Restaurant at Newark International Airport posted, Looks like someone was knocking back some serious drinks. Bar tab was almost 80%. And he's complaining about the cost of his meal? Keep drinking, buddy. We get paid off everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, they followed that up with the, the following advertisement for the D. Brooks special. A burger, fries, and a double shot of whiskey for just $17.78. That's a steal. That is that's a damn good deal. You, you might as well book a flight just to get that meal price. Yeah, that's... Yeah. You gotta hand it to them. That is really Between good. Between that and the... You could probably take a Spirit Airlines flight and this newly priced meal for the same price that David Brooks paid for the original. Yeah, I'm just commuting to Newark Airport for all my meals from now on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For his part, Brooks copped to being an idiot and said, I was insensitive. I screwed up. I should not have written that tweet. I probably should not write any tweets. He had to go on the fucking news to do this, though. It was a, It's like, okay, you're not apologizing. Just say I'm a fucking idiot yeah. and move on. That's kind of what he did. Right, but he had to, like, go on the news. But then he dead-named just... the platform. Elon Musk somewhere just silently punching oh a hat. Oh, my God. They're not... They're called posts or zeets or whatever. Uh, anyways, I guess... We were just trying to give you a little breathing room there before the biggest stories from last week because they all shockingly involve, I don't know, Elon Musk, Linda Yaccarino, Donald Trump, the Republican Party. But now let's get into them because uh, why wait? And we can have some other stuff on the tail end of this episode. We know a lot is always going on with Elon Musk, Twitter slash X and Linda. But this week in particular was quite good. Some of it was funny. Some of it was completely baffling. So let's rewind a bit and find a starting point for the madness. And that would probably have to be the launch of X's first major video advertisement, which was posted not once, but twice by CEO Linda Yaccarino for reasons that we will get to in just a second. But the goal here seemed to be a consumer slash advertiser friendly example of how Twitter has changed, how the app benefits both users and brands, and all of the big updates that have come or are coming to the app. It is the everything app, after all. Yeah, uh, not sold on it, uh, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, I, it didn't do much for me. Literally, it, like, 75% of this ad is like, you can send messages to, to people with your phone. I'm like, okay, what, was it 2005? Shut the fuck up. Into sports? <laughs> yeah, I can. Do you watch football? Because everyone's talking about football Oh, I can watch the media. game on the... Oh, I can't watch the game. I can just post about it. You can definitely illegally post clips. And they're if you like, want "Oh, to. you can go shopping." I was like, "Oh, what in the app?" Oh no, I, I can click on I can click on links and then go to a website. What? <laughs> Shut this up! All, this is all groundbreaking stuff, you see. Fuck you. Anyway, so the problem is that yeah, it seems like no one has any idea what an average user does or wants from this app, and a lot of this is just trying to show use cases for updates that they've done as if people are really using the platform this way. Doubtful. Yeah. <laughs> they, they came up with some uh, accounts and showed how people could read entire articles on Twitter, which is something I've never heard of anyone doing, because reading lengthy posts over a paragraph long, it is a cumbersome and aggravating experience. Yeah, even if it's important, I'm like, oh, God, I can't read all this. If like I this. ever have to hit the expand button, I'm just not going to hit that. Sorry. I'm, I'm moving on. There are other posts. Uh, listening to a Twitter spaces debate while DMing people about it. Okay, sure. calling and video chatting with people, specifically your relatives from within the app itself? No. no. This is an app that you do not share your credentials with family. I do love the example, too. It's just like this woman calling her mother, her aging mother, and me thinking, what is this woman being fed through the algorithm on the Twitter timeline? Oh. This, this poor old woman who just wants to communicate visually with her daughter. How many flags does she have in her display name? Yeah. Uh, paying people through the app for products and services. Uh, paying creators for their tweets, watching sports and browsing memes related to them. I mean, that, that is a real use case. It yeah, always, always has been. Mm -hmm. 
And then ending the video by saying that you will be earning an income while doing all of this. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like total bullshit, Linda. And an extremely cleaned up way to promote this app to businesses and apps who've been watching it turn into a cesspool of hate and division for years now, but especially over the last year due in no small part to the site's owner, Elon Musk. Yeah. Who uh, on a daily basis can be seen interacting with the, the very uh, hate accounts that uh, are now dominating the You've site. read the headlines, now come check it out for yourself. Yeah, it's not even like a passive thing. He's actively engaging with 24 hours a day. Now, obviously this marketing video is mainly bullshit created to convince those brands to bring back their significant ad dollars to the platform. But what made the video even better uh, the first time it was posted was the fact that some of the tweets used in this very uplifting video were actually extremely critical of the platform and its owner which is why she had to post it twice. Yeah. The original video was only up for a few hours before it was taken down and reposted with the tweets removed under the guise that Linda was simply uploading a more high definition version of the video. Now, some of the tweets that were shown in the original video and then removed for the second upload include things like the following. The timeline algorithm is dying for real. It's becoming mediocre. Engagement maxed on low effort repost accounts and dating discourse. And Twitter's value has fallen by at least 50%, and Elon is blaming it all on the Jews. Masterful gambit, sir. Whew. And that tweet also included the original tweet from Musk himself, where he accused the Anti-Defamation League of being responsible for destroying $22 billion worth of Twitter's valuation. All right there in their marketing materials. There was also a, like, a cream pie joke in there. Like, there was some... People whose tweets were used were shocked to find out that they're very yeah. humorous tweets. There was some were... racy stuff in yeah. there. And yeah, whoever, the video editor literally just, like, set a screen record to, like, just scrolling Twitter. Yeah, and a lot of people <laughs> assumed that it was outsourced to a third party. And no, Linda specifically tagged the Twitter employee that made the video. Yeah, who I believe deactivated their account. In the and time. was maybe fired for what they maybe did. Maybe killed. Yeah, we don't know. But yeah, have no fear because Linda's week was just getting started and people were done mocking this weird attempt at Marketing X, the everything app. She was scheduled now to be interviewed in front of a live audience at an event called Code 2023. Mm -hmm. Ooh, exciting. The interview was a complete fucking disaster for Yakarino though, who seemed to finally come face to face with actual human people who weren't completely just like pot committed to Elon's vision of social media's future. And it really seemed like it caught her off guard to learn that some people don't like him or his product. Mm -hmm. Weird. They were uh, also, there were a few funny little things like the fact that Linda does not appear to have the X app on her phone's home screen, but for some reason has the settings app on the quick launch section. Kind of bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the entire video is worth watching if you really want to get a good read on Yacarino's quote unquote leadership and vision. But basically it seems like she she has been drinking that Musk Kool-Aid and she went back for seconds because she wanted more of that Musk Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. A lot of the interview is her reframing certain things or attempting to explain or justify the way things have been run. It's very awkward to watch her commit to regurgitating these demonstrably false talking points in front of an audience of people who are at the very least uh, somewhat skeptical and in some cases openly hostile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Binder at Mashable has an excellent breakdown of some of the more notable moments, like the fact that Linda provided active user numbers that were clearly contradictory to the numbers that Musk has been touting. Oh my God. According to Yaccarino, X currently has 225 million daily active users. Following the conference, X revised this number and claimed that the daily active user count is actually 245 million. 
regardless of which number is accurate, it's a drop in the platform's daily active users. It's been more than 10 months since Musk shared X's daily active user metrics in November 2022, the week before he acquired the company, when he said that Twitter had 254.5 million daily active users. And speaking of contradictions, Linda would go on to claim that advertisers are flooding back to the platform, while Musk has been consistently using the dwindling advertiser revenue as a way to make himself seem like a martyr for free speech or something. So, yeah. Yakarino claimed that X is just about to break even and is looking to turn a profit early next year. She said that 90% of the top 100 advertisers had returned to the platform, including small businesses and brands like AT&T, Visa, and Nissan. However, Yagarino's claims stand in stark contrast to what Musk said just earlier this month when he blamed the Anti-Defamation League, ADL, for X's U.S. advertising revenue declining by 60%. A report from the New York Times found that advertising was still down 59% year over year in the spring. Months later, Musk confirmed that the company was still experiencing negative cash flow as of July due to a heavy debt load and a 50% drop in advertising revenue. In this specific case, we're probably going to side with Musk and agree that advertisers are not exactly clamoring to get back to spending on the platform. But the responsibility for that rests mostly on his shoulders for not only highlighting offensive and destructive content, but also contributing to that kind of content himself. Yeah. It be your own self, sir. The devaluation is coming from inside the company walls. So the biggest moment of the interview came towards the end while they were discussing Yaccarino's role or whatever that may be in actuality at the company where she just, she set herself up for mockery by saying, who's kidding who? I don't care what the structure is at Meta, but who wouldn't want Elon Musk sitting by their side running product? The choice of words here, especially like, oh, who wouldn't want like, literally the, the image of Elon Musk sitting next to me as I do my job is like, very off-putting. That's, yeah, that is, at, that's hell. You're describing hell to me. Yeah, it, well, and she's framing it as though, who wouldn't want this absolute genius, the smartest man on earth, working side by side when the evidence about this guy's ineptitude has been piling up over the past half decade at least. Especially if you're, in, you're a coder. Like, yeah. uh, of all, like, things, it's like, you might have, like, you might believe in, like, an abstract idea of Elon's vision, but he has de demonstrated repeatedly over the last year, he doesn't, the last time he made a website was like late 90s. He doesn't know how any of this shit works. He talks about it like he does. Mm -hmm. And uh, he drives actual programmers completely insane. This is not the audience you want to be pitching like who, this specific visual to. Who wouldn't want this petulant man-child sitting next to them, cooking up the next racist meme while you're trying to do your job? I, well, shockingly, the crowd laughed at Linda yeah. and um, hands went up in the crowd saying, no, actually, I don't want anything to do with Elon Musk and would not want to run anything with him. And shortly after this very uncomfortable interview with Twitter slash ex-CEO, Lindy Ocarino, Musk did a little bit of a publicity tour to the southern border oh of the United God. States, where he live streamed the experience, all while some absolutely surreal and infuriating photos were captured, including this one, where the world's richest man stands in front of captured migrants, people who are escaping violence, hunger, and seeking sh some shred of a better life for themselves and their families, all while he is cosplaying as a cowboy. Poorly, I might add. And not looking great physically. Yeah, um... Didn't, yeah. Doesn't really seem like he actually was preparing for that that big fight with uh, no. Mark Zuckerberg. He looks 
unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a side-by-side of a year ago to now, but he's not looking so good. Yeah, at least not enough to like be like, well, yeah, he's uh, he's changed things. He's certainly not in fighting shape. I'll say Absolutely that. not. Anyway, yeah, it's quite the image. The world's richest man standing before a bunch of people so poor and desperate that they are risking their lives on a journey to a country that treats them as subhuman and gathers them up for a photo op for a cowboy while that cowboy tells his millions of followers on the app that he owns that we should, in fact, build a wall. We're bringing that back. All right. Also, he looked like shit. Again, sorry, hate to reiterate this, but yeah. uh, he had his fucking hat on backwards. And uh, none of the none of the real cowboys around him corrected him, which is uh, very funny. Some real emperors new co- clothes. I do. Love, this uh, was shit. also pointed out that like there always seems to be like a a, a willing group of people to stand in the background yeah, the of Ted some Cruz. pranks uh, video. Yeah, there's uh, down in Texas they got like a, a central casting sort of thing of yeah. just like good old boys. You need a bunch. You need about a dozen good old boys to stand in the background of your uh, it's social the bro media code for stuff. billionaires. Yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, just the visual here, backwards hat, weird shaped body on full display, nipples protruding. (laughs) They were out there (laughs) looking like butthead, having his live stream crash because his platform is held together by popsicle sticks and rubber bands. Just truly something to behold. Masterful gambit, sir. Mm -hmm. Anyway, before we move on from the Elon Musk news, uh, on Monday this week, it was announced that Elon Musk was being sued for defamation because he falsely identified someone as a neo-Nazi, which obviously led to the guy being relentlessly harassed and receiving death threats. Shocked. Uh, So the man who filed the lawsuit, 22-year-old Benjamin Brody, is being represented by the same attorney who won a defamation case against Alex Jones last year. Ooh. Yeah. Here's The Verge with more on that. In June, a fight broke out between two far-right groups at an Oregon City Pride Festival. Footage of the fight circulated across social media, and soon, users started falsely claiming one of the men was a federal agent and attempted to identify him. Brody was wrongfully identified as the man in the video. Musk replied to several false ex-posts about Brody, amplifying them to his more than 147 million followers at the time. On June 27th, Musk replied to a post containing a video of the fight alleging that Brody was part of a false flag operation. Looks like one is a college student who wants to join the government, and another is maybe an Antifa member. But nonetheless, a probably false flag situation, Musk wrote on X. As a publication, Musk has not deleted the post. Being defamed by someone as famous as Musk was an utterly terrifying experience, and it has left Ben stunned, disoriented, and worried about the consequences of his future, Mark Bankston, Brody's lawyer, wrote on X Monday. In the suit, Brody claims that he and his family were forced out of their home due to the harassment campaign that they argue was amplified by Musk's post due to a huge number of people who believed he was either a neo-Nazi or a provocateur in a psyop to commit political terrorism on American soil. Hmm. Well, I hope he wins. Yeah. But yeah, throw that on the pile of stuff that will ultimately doom Elon Musk and his businesses. But this one in particular will be interesting, specifically because the guy's lawyer just successfully represented the parents of Sandy Hook victims against Alex Jones. And not only one, but one big. Bigly. Big. Yeah. But yeah, look at, oh, geez, look at the time. We haven't even gotten to Trump or the Republican presidential debate yet, which Trump obviously was not in attendance for. No, but he still won, so... (laughs) <laughs> you know, he's been ducking these debates so oh, much. Oh, wow. They, you know, someone might come up with a nickname been, for he's him. He's always ducking. Uh, you know, if he, he if he keeps ducking these debates, uh, I'm going to stop calling him Donald Trump. I'm going to start calling him Donald Duck. Donald Duck. 
And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. <laughs> it's the funniest face. <laughs> Again, New Jersey. You can't. <laughs> there's, there's a specific vibe, a way of life that just flows through everyone from New Jersey. And, and it can't be matched. Whether, yeah. you, whether you're smuggling gold bars in your, in your uh, coats or you're clowning for the camera, everyone's got that, that little edge if yep. you're from Jersey. All right, we won't waste your time with too much of the debate because the vast majority of the debate was just a bunch of this. Four years ago, this isn't productive. I want to hear about that. Let's have a policy debate. What's going on? Let us have a policy debate. Let's have about their records. Let's have a policy debate. And the right answer is we need to declare independence from China. But obviously, the funniest moment was when just comically rotund, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Humpty Dumpty himself, yeah. started just rattling off a clearly rehearsed bit about Trump avoiding the presidential debates because he's scared to face off against his opponents. <laughs> and then he looked directly in the camera and in the most New Jersey way possible said that everyone's going to start calling him Donald Duck. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. My favorite version of it is when he morphs into Kevin, Kevin James. Yeah. I love it. That, that <laughs> meme, which got huge when we were gone, but yeah. it is very funny. Uh, also, okay, so the timeline of that, while we're on the topic of it, the timeline of that meme is also very funny. It's a great, it was a great meme, lasted a good weekend. Yeah. Thought that that would be all that people got out of it. And then Kevin James used it to promote his upcoming stand-up tour. Yeah. And before That's that, a... before that, no one had even cared to look into his recent social media posts. Oh, and yeah, he's he... like promoting like Sound of Freedom and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so as, uh... soon as, he, as soon as he tweeted again, and it was the first tweet he'd done in like months. So this, as soon as he tweeted again, people were like, oh, let's just take a quick look at Kevin James. Oh, God. And I thought, for sure, it's going to be over after that. No one's going to want to, you know, this meme's already been out for like three days. No one's going to want to use it anymore. And then Chris Christie does the Donald Duck thing, and people start putting Chris Christie's face on yeah. Kevin James. And now, now the current evolution of the Kevin James meme is someone has yassified his face <laughs> and put gigantic hooters on him. All right. So uh, it is evolving in strange and exciting then. new ways. Uh, it, it's really, it was something to truly behold. A, a flashback to the old era of memery. So, but while we're on the topic of Donald Duck, which is, of course, what everyone refers to Donald Trump as yeah. now. Uh, he spent the beginning of this week in the courtroom. And we know it's hard to keep track of which of his many cases that he'd be appearing in reference to. But this one is the fraud trial in New York where Trump is accused of misrepresenting his net worth by millions of dollars. Uh, here's some quick examples from the BBC's recent reporting. Last week, the judge in the case, Arthur Engeron, ruled that Mr. Trump misrepresented his wealth by millions of dollars. His Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida was overvalued by 2,300% in one—it's <laughs> just an error—in one financial statement, and his Trump Tower triplex was presented as three times its actual size. The ruling said, "You got to carry the seven. Yeah. So this court appearance on Monday was already pretty funny, especially for viewers of this show, simply because Trump's lawyer is doing all of her work on an ASUS ROG Republic of Gamers 2070 Ti gaming laptop. Hell yeah! Which according to those in the courtroom, constantly cycled through a full-on RGB light show, through the base of it, through the keyboard, 
You know how the, all of you own RGB keyboards, I'm assuming. So you know what it looks like. Yeah, Ace Watkins uh, is making changes. Yeah. People think, oh, Ace Watkins will never have a gamer president. But, yeah. uh, well, you see little, little hints that the world is changing. The world is changing. Now, this was just an ex-president's lawyer, but it won't be long before Biden's rocking the Asus, yeah. the gaming PC, whatever. You're going to have a fucking DX racer in the Oval Office. That's, you'll know it's over when there's a DX <laughs> racer behind that desk. It's going to be something to behold. So his, his lawyer in this case, Alina Haba, also seemed to be a little shocked, or at least acted shocked, to hear that the reason this trial wouldn't include a jury was due to the fact that she had not properly filled out the paperwork that would have allowed the court to bring in a jury. Mm -hmm. It was quickly pointed out that this might have been done intentionally because then Trump could freely target the judge as being politically biased and that the trial was somehow a sham because he wasn't judged by a jury of his peers despite his counsel being the reason that there would be no jury. Yeah. But after his appearance at the trial on Monday, Trump immediately issued thinly veiled threats to those involved in the case in interviews with the media. And they're not even that thinly veiled. I was just saying that to be safe, but not very thinly veiled. So he's making threats. Yeah. He also spoke about how it's unfair he didn't get a jury trial, despite, again, that being his own fault, or at least his lawyer's fault. As you know, we're not entitled to a jury, which is pretty unusual in the United States of America. So uh, I think it's very unfair that I don't have a jury, but... And while we're doing clips, let's see how his family's taking this, because, you know, they're involved in this trial, too. Yeah. This is what the attorney general spends her time on, going after a guy who has put more money and more assets and done more to shape an amazing American city than Donald Trump. But they can go ahead and grab and seize and dissolve businesses, put it in a receivership. Um, this is really generational destruction that they're going after by going after the president, going after Don Jr., Eric Trump, Ivanka Trump. It's, it's outrageous to me to see yeah. what they are doing, all because they want to stop him. And this is especially funny because uh, Trump Jr.'s wife, girlfriend? Kimberly? Yeah, Kimberly Guilfoyle. They're not yeah, married yet, right? No. She's very upset about this because I think she was banking on the fact that, like, one day, mm -hmm. Junior would be in control of all these very lucrative, lucrative assets. Yeah. Bet on the wrong horse. Yeah. Now, before we move on completely from politics, we should probably let you know that um, <laughs> Senator Dianne Feinstein... No! Died suddenly. No! And unexpectedly. Oh my God! At the spry, young age of 90 fucking years old. Oh, fuck. It could happen to any of us. At any point in time. Just like that. Gone. Look, we're not trying to make fun of someone dying, but we, along with everyone else, have been raising uh, alarm bells for years. No, that's the whole thing, is <laughs> yeah. 90 year olds fucking die. That's, that's what happens. That's, that's what they, they do. do. Yeah. And, they, and a lot of people in this country have been acting like you're insane for pointing that out. Yeah. She's had clear cognitive and physical decline for years now, and that has only gotten more alarming over the past few months when she was recovering from a shingles outbreak and then couldn't remember where she was, where she was going, uh, what she was voting on, lots of stuff like that. Yeah, well, it's her been staffers a... were, like, operating her with fucking strings. Yeah, she snapped at a bunch of children a few years back. Yeah, and that was while she was still, like, fairly lucid. Like, And that's the thing. Like, even when she wasn't, like, cognitively just completely fucking impaired, not a very good person, if I'm being honest here. Yeah, her track uh, record doesn't really... Like, I'm not going to say rest in piss or anything, but, like, yeah. uh, definitely nothing to write home about. Some uh, very... Part uh, of a bygone era that uh, if she had retired at 
a normal fucking age, would have been a bygone era, yeah. but is now just a recently bygone era because she refused to fucking quit and mm -hmm. everyone around her refused to uh, do anything about that. Yeah, and it also speaks to a larger concern that we've expressed over the rising age of U.S. politicians and why there aren't limits on how long they can serve, especially when it's clear that they are in some kind of health decline. Yeah, just make them, I don't know, I'll settle for the... Like, make, like Mitch McCott. Make uh, them, another example. Just, make them draw a clock. It's actually, uh, look, I don't know. It, but it to me, you know, I honor our elderly, obviously. I, clearly, I love the olds. But I would say that it is it, it is very upsetting that uh, she worked until she fucking died. Yeah, like, I mean, they, you, you gotta have time, spend time with your family and what I presume are many grandchildren. Yeah. New Nick Lesko song about this very topic, by the oh, way. Oh, cool. Very good. Oh, we'll link to it. So, no, it's not shocking at all that Feinstein died in office. It's actually... Exactly what everyone thought was going to happen. Yeah, and now Gavin Newsom is appointing a replacement who uh, doesn't even fucking live in California. It's like literally a fucking lobbyist. And, yeah, and also uh, lobbied on the side of Uber against yeah. uh, the unions. So. Gavin Newsom. Uh, every every time I'm like starting to come around on him, he, he does, does something does absolutely like, stupid. Like in this in the case of this week, does like five separate things where I'm like, oh, I fucking hate this guy. What a ghoul. Yeah. He built up a little goodwill there, like yeah. in September, and was like, you know what? It's ghoul time, baby. Yeah. It's October. Let's throw all that away. Yeah. Well. Uh, so one of the other huge stories that we missed right at the beginning of last week was the official end of the writer's strike. Hey, it's done. Hey, that's good news. We have good news on the show. Yeah they, yeah. they certainly went on long enough. Yes. It's great news. It seems as though the writers actually did get a large portion of exactly what they were asking for. Unions work. Talk shows are already back into production. Late night TV starts airing Monday night. Writers' rooms are going to be bustling again, and things are almost back to normal. Next up will be the negotiations with the Screen Actors Guild, which we assume will move along pretty quickly on the heels of the writers' agreement. Uh, from the AP last week, the governing boards of the Eastern and Western branches of the Writers' Guild of America and their joint negotiating committee all voted to accept the deal two days after the tentative agreement was reached with a coalition of Hollywood's biggest studios, streaming services, and production companies. After the vote, they declared that the strike would be over and writers would be free to start on scripts at 12.01 a.m. Wednesday. I'm sure there was a couple of busybodies out there. Back to the old, get get the hell out of the bar. And, uh, yeah, the, the, gotta say, the, the hero of this strike, Drew Carey. Drew Carey. He spent half a million dollars. At Bob's Big Boy. At Bob's Big Boy. Anyone who showed up with a WGA uh, membership card uh, for lunch got a free lunch on his tab. Mm -hmm. And and he said, don't thank me. Thank my writers from the Drew Carey Show for making me rich and famous. Yeah. Uh, very cool thing. Uh, also, the kind of thing that there are a lot more people. Like, Drew, not to disparage Drew Carey, but like... There are a lot of people in Hollywood who you would consider more famous and richer than him, who did nothing. Interestingly, uh, probably could have could have also spent half a million dollars, which to them would be nothing, barely anything, and could have, in this case, changed a lot of people's lives. I saw so many writers that I follow like saying like, if not for uh, having their lunches comped, like anytime they went out protesting, like they would have had a much harder time with this. Mm -hmm. So very cool. Also, Drew Carey. Oh. This, uh, this bleeding heart liberal Drew Carey. No, he's like some sort of fuck libertarian or some shit, but he loves his union. So, and very cool. And he's the host of The Price is Right. Yeah, The yeah. Price is Right. It's free. <laughs> at Bob's it's free. Big Boy. <laughs> Down at Bob's Big Boy for lunch, if you are a member of the WGA. Also, is there writers on The Price? I guess there would be. 
I don't know. Come on down. This is a new yeah, Chrysler. Maybe for the announce, <laughs> announcer? I don't Do know. Do like copy? I don't know. I'm not going to ask questions. Yeah. Anyway, very cool what he did. Mm -hmm. So we're almost sort of caught up on things. I'm sure we obviously it's impossible to not miss out on a bunch of stories. I, I have already from the beginning of the episode uh, forgotten about uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. The biggest story in America. Are you kidding me? All I know. I'm not into either of these. I'm not into the NFL or Taylor Swift. All I know is that everyone watching football this past week has been very annoyed. The camera just stays on her the whole time. Yeah. And uh, also people like, people like she put Travis Kelsey on the map. It's like, I don't think that's true. No, <laughs> I no. think he probably was to, doing To the right. Swifties she did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it's a perfect, like, uh, it, it's, it's the perfect thing for the American person to digest because all the American public wants is an opinion on something. Yeah. And with this, they get a, a whole lot of opinions no matter who you are. You're a, you're a Taylor Swift fan. You get to find out about football. You get to yell at the football people. All the football people are like, oh, no, my beloved sport, uh, football, pandering to the Swifties. And then you have a bunch of people all attacking like sports media specifically, being like, okay, how many times is ESPN going to post about Taylor Swift today? And it's like, well... As many times as you keep fucking reading and commenting, because these you. are the most engaged posts they've had in months. Yeah, it's probably good news for the NFL. It's great news for uh, them. Uh, unfortunately, Fanatics has a stranglehold on all merchandise, but they were because of that they were able to put out the data that uh, 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 jersey sales for Kelsey's jersey skyrocketed up like 400% and drove him into like the top five in jersey sales. That's fucking wild. Yeah. She controls the U.S. economy. She's going to be dating this guy for like four months, too, tops. Like. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Meanwhile, we... that 1975 guy's already on apology tour. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I, I can't even think of his actual name. Not a fan of the band. No. And, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm more entertained watching the uh, football relationship than the 1975 relationship. Yeah. So, there you go. Oh, I... So, yeah, we're almost caught up on things. I'm sure we are missing out on a bunch of stories that happened yeah. in the past week. I do want to point out one. Uh, also politics, but politics up in our, our neighbors to the north. They're like, oh, please welcome. Uh, we've got Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. They are fighting a, a hard-fought battle against those aggressors, Vladimir Putin's Russia. And, uh, you know, to, to drive home, you know, how important this, this conflict is. This is, is. outrageous. We, we got this old man here. He's 100 years old. Can you believe it? And you know what? Uh just like a lot of young Ukrainians today, this old-ass Ukrainian, he also fought the Russians once. Fought, don't fought don't the, look any further. Fought the Russians once. What year was that? Uh, the early 1940s. Mm. Well, anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna look any deeper than that. Come on down, get your medal. Everyone clap. You better fucking clap. Everybody clap. You wouldn't want to disrespect this veteran, would uh, you? Hold on. Wait. Getting word from one of my interns who looked on Wikipedia said that actually. Um, the, the unit this guy was... The, so the Russians were actually the good guys in World War II. Oh, fuck. Wait. Why was he fighting? Oh, he was a member of the SS? The Waffen-SS? Well, we're going to act like that's we, okay. And, we did uh, what the media likes to refer to as a bit of an oops. Yeah, and I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to tie myself into not trying to justify what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a wild time up in uh, for our neighbors in the north, and I, we might get to it on Weekly Weird News, or it might be actually too disturbing to talk about on Weekly Weird News. But speaking of Canada, the animals have won a war in Canada. A grizzly bear killed two people. Oh. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, so... Be careful out there, folks. It is not a joke.
and respect nature. Well, anyway, uh, so let's take a look at some news that falls into some of our other categories, like uh, the category of wild hogs and how you deal with them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an obvious answer here, but we've already admitted countless times we were wrong about wild hogs. It does appear as though you do need to be armed with multiple AR-15s in order to defend your children and yourself uh, from these relentless, bloodthirsty bastards. Mm-hmm. And we got even more proof that no one is safe from a wild hog attack recently because one family was forced to call 911 after being cornered, attacked, and taunted by what they describe as a 300-pound menace. I'm standing inside my parents' house with a hammer and a knife trying to defend myself and defend my family at any cost. I shouldn't have to live like this. Wendy Goldstein spoke to Fox 7 Tuesday, concerned because someone's pig had been going after her family. She described the pig as 300 pounds, black and white spotted, and foaming at the mouth. On Monday, this 911 call came in. We have some random pig in our yard and I bite my grandma. My grandma is being attacked by a random pig. Now my grandpa's being attacked. There's a wild hog in the yard at that address. Mudstains and scratches could be seen on the door. Goldstein says the pig went after her daughter and disabled parents. My daughter got hurt out here, and then he barreled through. My mom wrestled with him at the doorway to try to prevent him from coming in. He barreled on through, got a hold of my dad. My mom tried to lay on top of him to crunch him down until the cops got here to get him. And he overpowered her and got on top of her. And he had hers flattened like an accordion. Now over into the category of YouTube pranksters suck and kind of deserve what's coming to them. Remember that prankster named Classified Goons, whose annoying and very confrontational pranks inevitably got them shot by someone who was finally fed up with those antics? Well, a jury just found that shooter not guilty, (laughs) despite literal video evidence of the shooting. And yes, look, it... All things considered, it is kind of funny that a jury looked at all the available evidence, including the provided video footage from the YouTuber and nearby security cameras, and said, nah, that piece of shit actually got what he deserved. Yeah, there is a threshold of uh, annoyingness where lethal force is warranted. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Now, obviously, this isn't the best precedent to set <laughs> no. for a country that is already constantly on edge while having relatively unfettered access to guns. But it's undeniable. The general public absolutely despises YouTube pranksters in particular, and are apparently pretty stoked that one of them got shot. We should point out that the main reason this is funny is, of course, because he didn't die. That would have made it a lot more... Yeah, that would have ruined the joke. Yeah, uh, but he also didn't learn anything. Didn't learn anything from his experience of being shot for being annoying, and indicated even at the time that it happened that he'd be back to filming those pranks in no time. America, you know what to do. Apparently now, they've been given the green light. I do love that. Like, this is kind of old. The shit you'd hear about, like, in the 1800s, where, like, you know, a whole town would do a little local justice, and they, they're just like, you won't be able to find a jury that will convict. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's sometimes nice to see that happen in the modern era. Uh, but, yeah, no, I don't like the... <laughs> yeah, the precedent that this sets is, is yeah. very worrisome. I mean, in this case, very clear-cut case, but the problem with... I feared for my life, or they were being extremely fucking annoying. Is those are all very subjective. Yeah, and, and uh, gathering a group of people to be like, no, true, that person, uh, despite not being an actual threat to human life, was pretty annoying, and uh, they deserve to be uh, shot and potentially 
killed or at the very least wounded for the rest yeah. of their lives, uh, potentially suffering from any number of injuries that uh, come from having a bullet blasted through you. In this case, pretty funny. But yeah. in most cases, I'd be a little... <laughs> the rare exception. Yeah. But for now, that should probably do it. Oh, hold on. Hold on. We've got we've got late breaking news. Late. What's very that? late breaking wolf, news. Woof, woof, woof. I'm hearing dog barks. The war on animals continues. Not on animals. By animals. President Biden's dog bit more Secret, <laughs> Secret Service agents. And by the way, it's not just one dog. Both of his dogs seem to be constantly attacking Secret Service agents and no one else. Wasn't there a third dog who's now since, like, passed? Maybe. I feel like, because I feel like he had two dogs when he There's first... There's Major and Commander. I feel like, I might be wrong. I feel like there was a third one that they, like, sent away because... Major like, was I... the one they sent away. Okay. He's in Delaware because he bit... He... <laughs> that was, like, this summer. Okay. Yeah. I thought that was, like, early on in his term. I, I have no sense of He's got the brain fog, people. I do have the brain fog. Uh, it's, I mean, you might be right, though. It might be me that is uh, misspeaking. Mis but uh, it does say a lot about those Secret Service agents, a lot more than it does about Biden's dogs. Yeah, my favorite take on this is that, uh, you know, police in this country, law enforcement in this country, notoriously, they are, they will shoot your dog. They will yeah. kill your dog. These are the, these are the only two dogs in this country that they are not allowed to shoot. Mm -hmm. And they are using that uh, diplomatic immunity um, on behalf of all They're the other dogs who many, don't have that freedom. As many bites in as possible. Yeah. The, I, there was a, uh, an image on some, I can't remember which news organization it was now, but it, it showed the timeline. Yeah. And specifically, while Major was there, Commander didn't bite anyone. Major's gone. Commander picks it right back up. But there was like nine months where it, there was yeah. no bites. And people are like, what I'm seeing here is a dog that was working on itself and had one slip up, one slip up. And everyone's getting all angry about it. Yeah. So I, was, I didn't know. I've never spent any time around German Shepherds. I did not know they were one of those breeds that does a lot of biting. But apparently uh, the fact that I mean, they're, they're the police dogs that they sick on people that they need to get bitten. But I mean, I think in that case, they've been trained to do it. Yeah. Uh, these dogs, I assume, maybe less trained. Just part but of their they've, they've still got that. They got that dog in them. <laughs> they do. They do. Uh, but here's a brief and telling quote from CNN's reporting about the most recent incident. President Joe Biden's younger dog, Commander, bit another U.S. Secret Service agent at the White House Monday evening. CNN has learned the 11th known biting incident involving the two-year-old German Shepherd. They should have a fucking challenge coin for yeah. getting getting bit by Commander. Another of Biden's dogs, Major, was involved in biting incidents at the White House. The German Shepherd later moved out of the White House and Commander arrived at the White House in 2021. <laughs> I got, you don't want to even think about how many more German Shepherds I got waiting to come into this White House so, if you get rid of Commander. So he, I, they were never there at the same time? That's interesting. So he had a dog. They've been communicating. They had, he had a dog that uh, brought to the White House and bit everyone. They sent it away, got a brand new dog, and it shows up and just continues the biting streak. Yeah, 11 incidents in two years. Um, wild. That is a bad dog. I mean... <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> Good dog. That cop said, A cab. And, and it meant all cops. All cops. Including other police police dogs. Those are cops. Sorry. Yeah. Paw Patrol. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Par <laughs> Paw Patrol's going down. Anyway, now that's, uh, that's where we're going to call it for this episode, I think. What are we at? Uh, I can't even... Uh, almost, almost an hour. Yeah. So yeah, we we spent our COVID vacation. It sucks. Um, I'll talk about it in a second. Please 
hit the like button, please. Anytime we're off YouTube, it's a death sentence for the algorithm. YouTube's memory uh, is very short term. We want to let the algorithm know that people are happy to see us back and that we will be making more videos again on a consistent basis now that the woke mind virus has left my system. Yeah. So yeah, leave a like, leave a comment, respond to a comment. If you're feeling frisky or just realize how much you enjoy seeing our faces after, you know, absence makes the fart, the, the heart grow, absence brain makes, fuck. makes the fart grow stronger. <laughs> Click the join button, become a member, support the show financially. Cause uh, yeah, we did have to blow off all of our sponsors in order to take some time off. Yeah. So now you're the sponsor. Yeah, you're the sponsor now. Click the join button uh, or don't just click the like button. It's fine. Just yeah. Uh, but now, Elliot, how was COVID? Uh, it fucking sucked. I do not recommend it at all. I made it almost three years without getting it. And for a while, I was like, I must I must be immune. Everyone around me is getting, getting cut down. And I'm just like Neo walking down the hallway. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it did finally get me. And uh, it's terrible. It's every flu symptom at once. Luckily, it was only really bad for like three or four days. But those three or four days were fucking miserable. And um, yeah, I would highly recommend getting the vaccine vaccine and also just masking up again because yeah. this is it is going around uh, a lot of people I know who have been getting it lately and it was finally my turn and it's really it's not worth it guys <laughs> it's a bad time yeah and I did get about 30 hours into Starfield though so it's pretty there cool. you go yeah with the and time I watched off season one of the Americans a great show that I had never watched very very good I um booted up uh, cyberpunk 2077 for the first time since launch and played through it front to back and got most of the way through the uh, new DLC. Nice. I gotta say, one of the best games I've ever played. I, I won't mince words. As far as a narrative, like storyline, pretty much linear experience. Who did you romance? Oh, I can't remember. The the chick with the crew in the, in the Badlands. Yeah, me too. She's hot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, beautiful game, especially, look, I know they're two completely different games. I know, I'm aware, and I like both of them for different reasons. But coming from Starfield and then into this newly updated version of Cyberpunk 2077 was like, like the fact that like, I was just so used to just constant loading screens and like passable but not incredible next-gen graphics, I guess. Yeah. Cyberpunk blew me away aesthetically, and I didn't even realize that Keanu Reeves is like literally the main character. Yeah. Through all the marketing, throughout the entire thing, I was just like, oh, he's a he's a side character like Grimes or something. No. No, he's the main character. They got their money's worth. Uh, very good game. If you already purchased it years ago, the 2.0 update, great. I had like one or two sort of bad bugs, but looked them up online and was able to handle them. Did they fix the children? Do the children look like small hum small adults? I don't still? recall seeing children. Maybe they just got rid of them. Because before, there was children walking around, but they were literally like adult models that had just been like shrunk down. Shrunk down. It was very weird. Huh. Uh, well, yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed that. And then I ran a 10K uh, for charity. Uh, Dodgers Foundation 10K. Nice. Supporting local youth. Uh, got my, my cool medal and everything. So uh, pretty stoked about that. But uh, glad to have you back. Glad to be back on the show. Glad to be back. And uh, glad to get back in the in the motion of things because... I'm not even suffering from the brain fog, and I still had to like. Today was a struggle, especially like when we, whenever we do like a vacation, like Christmas time or whatever. Yeah. Come back, and I'm like, I don't know what the how to how to do this job. How do I write? Exactly. But we're glad to be back. Glad you're here. Um, should we tell them to watch the old episodes? No. You should they, watch the episodes from two weeks ago for no reason. They've seen it. Yeah. 
click the like button. If you're feeling frisky, click that join button. Support the show. And uh, we'll be back sooner rather than later this time. Yeah, that's right. We'll be back with some tech news soon. So don't go anywhere because this time we, we will see you. We did end the last episode with being like, if we don't get enough likes, we'll never see you again. <laughs> and then disappeared. Well, you didn't, didn't like the video though. And, and didn't even talk about it. Like Elliot posted on Twitter, but no mention on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we it, <laughs> it's fine. But if you don't like the video this time, we're really yeah. not coming back. So That's right. we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.